Praise God, been blessed already by worship, amen. So good to see you all. How many are expecting God to do something so amazing? I have such an expectancy in my spirit for this breakthrough of God that is coming to the local churches, I believe, all over the world. And I'm going to be going into part two of our rain series, Rain from Heaven. And I taught uh, two weeks ago, the first one. And if you weren't able to be at that service, I highly recommend you to jump online, listen to week one of Rain from Heaven, because it really set the foundation of where this message is going. And uh, this message, um, as I put it together, it wasn't just a message that, you know, as a pastor, we put together teachings and we have to have series every week. I really got this word from the Lord because we are living in a very prophetic season today. Uh, We are living in an incredible time for the kingdom of God. And I know that things look a little chaos in the world today, but in the kingdom of God, we live by another other governmental authority, don't we? And God is in control. And I believe that there is a fresh rain that is coming from the presence of God. I believe that it already has begun to happen and fall here. I know that even in our church over the last uh, couple months, we have felt such a beautiful presence of God that is so rich and so refreshing. And prophetically, we are entering into the time of a spiritual rain. And so I want to share with you this morning what happens when a natural rain comes. Because what happens in the natural is happening in the supernatural. Amen. They go hand in hand. And so this This is very important to understand what does a natural rain do when rain falls on earth. So let's look at that this morning. They should have a screen up there. It's the benefits of rain. I don't know if that's the right one. I might go a little different than that particular screen. But the benefits of rain is when it rains, the air becomes more purified. And we're living in a time where there is confusion in the world. You know, we're living in a time where the enemy is working very hard and people are lonely and they're scared and there's a lot going on. And so when the rain of heaven comes, it begins to push back the spirits of darkness so that there is a purification taking place. And we need this rain from heaven to push back the confusion that's going on in the world so that the church of Jesus Christ can see what the spirit of the living God is doing. Because he is moving even though it looks like it's a dark time. You know, um, if you look at natural rain, when, when the atmosphere of rain begins to accumulate and it hits the earth, what happens is when one atmosphere meets the next atmosphere and they collide, there is a shift and a change that takes place. And prophetically, we are living in a time where I believe God has come down on earth, hitting the supernatural to our natural, and when that happened, there was a shift that took place here on earth. Happened around March 2020. How many is aware of that date? Right? The whole world changed. But I I know God didn't cause COVID. God's not in COVID. God's not in all the confusion that's happening. But I know God has released his spirit here on earth to shift his church to begin to hear the sound of the revival reign of God. Because there is a sound, like Pastor Paul said. There is a sound of God, and God is asking his church, do you hear the sound of the rain past what we see in the natural? Because when heaven meets earth, there's a shifting that takes place, but there's also a turbulence. 
And when there's a turbulence, that happens before the rain. And when there's a turbulence is where people get confused. People get afraid. Why are we in this? Where is this going? How is it going to turn out? And as believers, we have to understand when we discern the time that we're living in, that the turbulence is just a sign of the presence of God that's about to fall on this earth. A A great awakening of the church. Church has been lulled to sleep. The church has been comfortable, and God is shaking the church right now, shaking all the things off of us, shaking our complacent places so that we can be stirred and fanned with the winds of revival, the flames of revival once again so that we can reach this earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is time for the great harvest to come into the kingdom, amen? But the weaknesses, the laborers are few, and God is calling those that have ears to hear, to hear the sound of the abundance. Abundance of rain. Can you hear it? And when the rain comes, it begins to purify. We need to call on that rain in this season of our life. Amen. There, it, it, um, when, when that rain hits the earth, it begins to change and it begins to purify and it begins to cleanse. And we see here there's a, a refreshing and, and uh, there's a new strength that comes. And I'll share a little bit more about that as we get into our teaching this morning. So I want to get right into and talk about the prophetic part of spiritual rain. What is the rain symbolic of? The rain is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit that is coming here on earth. Now, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit has always been with us. But there is an awakening of an inviting of his presence that is going to become tangible in this season. And when the church comes together and allows this rain to fall, a welcoming of his spirit in the local church and here on earth is where we begin to see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. It's where we see see people healed and delivered and set free. Amen. And we're seeing little tastes of it. I mean, we have seen miracles at this altar. I'm still learning stories of the people in our church about the supernatural. I I met with a precious lady, and we'll share her story down the road, so I'll kind of keep her private right now. But I didn't realize that when she came into our church, she came in a drug addict, and she came in addicted, and she didn't even know Jesus, and came down to the altar that morning, got prayer, and she was instantly delivered of her addiction. Instantly. Never touched it again. That's the power of God, amen? I mean, in life transformed, we need to see lots of that happening. Not trickles, amen? Not here and there, but we want the lost to come in, get filled with the Holy Spirit, get set free of their addictions, get set free of their pains, and be filled with the fullness of God. God is moving in a time where he wants to show off to his church, amen? He wants his bride to arise in this season, and we are getting ready for that, amen? So the Holy Spirit is the rain and the presence and the anointing that is coming here on earth. So I want us to open up to Isaiah 44, and we're going to start in verse 3. And I want to set up this portion of the scripture because it is so prophetic in the time that we are living here on earth. The children of Israel had come out of Egypt in captivity. They were going to the, the promised land. But during their journey, what happened was they found themselves um, having pagan worship. Now, remember, the children of Israel is representative of the church. 
And if we can look at the church, not to be critical, because I love the local church, but the church has given over to pagan influences. We've given over to compromise. It has dwindled into the body of Christ where the righteousness and the purity and the righteous fear of God has lost its way into the house of God. And God is calling that spirit back into his church. And they have given over to pagan worship. They, they decided they wanted to be ruled by kings instead of the king of kings. How many know we're not ruled by this government when it comes to who we are in Christ Jesus? We live by an authority that is not in this natural realm. It is a kingdom authority. We don't have to bow our knee and be worried about what's happening in this kingdom. We have the kingdom, the king of kings, amen? But they decided to be more ruled by the natural than they were by their God who has taken care of them. Their moral and spiritual behavior had declined in this season. Women were leaving their families for their own pleasures. Prophets and priests who were called by God were given over to drunkenness and their own pleasures. There was a covenant that Moses gave, got, got from God, and they broke that covenant with God. I think that looks so much like the world today. We've gotten so far away that our country used to be a blessed land and a revival land. I've lived through a season of revival in my life, and we've gotten so comfortable, and God is calling this, the, the world and the church to have a hunger and a thirst for the presence of God once again. Not the religious systems, not the this, sing three songs, do this, do that. No, God is wanting his presence to be invited back into his house again. A presence to be invited back into our houses once again that we'll have a desire for God. But I'm going to tell you, God is always, listen, God is always looking for a way to give revival. Always. And what you see here is the children of Israel have lost their way so hard that God was raising up a young man named Josiah. And he was eight years old. And God called him from the foundation of the world to take the Israelites who lost their way to bring revival to the nation of Judah. And revival was launched in this time. And I believe we're living in a Josiah moment. I think God is raising up the Josiahs that is going to give, give away the, the idols and and preach the truth and raise up a generation of Christians that are going to say, we're going to get rid of the pagan, pagan behavior. We're going to get rid of all of our laziness and we're going to rise up and cry out for the spirit of the Lord to arise in the house of God. And so as, as they were in their behavior, God says, I'm raising up a king. We're not going to go much in, at all into Josiah, but I want you to understand that when God sees brokenness, when God sees dry lands, when God sees parched places, he is longing to reign in those areas. Amen. He is longing to refresh us. And this is where the promise comes in Isaiah. Even though the children of Israel were so far away, God still gave them a promise. And this is what he said and is our promise. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I want to ask you today, are we thirsty? Are we thirsty for the presence of God? Are we thirsty for the anointing and the fresh word of God and the healing of God, right? Is there a cry in our spirit? And I know that we are. Uh, on those who are thirsty and floods on the dry ground. God wants to bring a refreshing. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. What does God want to do? As he refreshes us, it is going to go down to the next generation. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ does not have a baton to pass to the next generation. 
We have not given them this power. We have not given them this anointing. We need to arise in who God's called us to be so that this next generation Z can rise up and be who God's called them to be. I believe there is an anointing on our children. I believe God has set this next generation apart. They are going to be on fire for God. They are not going to care what men think. They're not going to be man pleasers. They're going to be God pleasers. And I promise you, I can prophesy God's raising up prophets out of those generations. He's raising up prophets. He's raising up the, the, the pastors, the evangelists. There is the fivefold ministry that's going to arise out of this young generation. And if we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Amen. And we want to be the generation that says we are going to do and be who God has called us to be. I don't want to miss my opportunity, amen. I want everything that God has for our lives. So let's look this morning at Psalms uh, chapter 68. And I'm going to share some things about how do we receive the rain, this anointing from God in our life. The first line of that scripture says, let God arise. What we have to do in our lives is let God arise. Let God be the center. Let God be the seat of our affections. Let God be our focus. We can't look to the world we can't look to the systems of the world. We can't look to anybody else. We've got to let God arise. That word arise means this. It means to come on the scene. It's so easy to just go through our 24-7 and we love God, but we really don't let God arise on the scene of our life. Do we really let him show up in our Monday, our Tuesday, and our Wednesday? Or do we just show up on Sunday and we see the presence of God and it's wonderful? We need more than just a Sunday experience. We need to have God arise, show up on the scene every day of our lives. That word arise also means to be proven and established. Listen, God wants to prove himself to you. He wants to show you his power. He wants to show you his glory. And he wants to show it to you in your house, in your living room, in your bathroom, in your car. You have the presence of the Lord wherever you go. Amen. And our hearts need to be let God arise in this season of my dry life. God arise. That needs to be our passion. And when we let God arise, he becomes the center focus. What happens? His enemies will be scattered. That means that whatever we're struggling with, when I have God arise in my life, all the enemy has to flee in the name of Jesus. That means I'm in this protection, I'm in this umbrella of God in my life, that the enemy has to flee in a hundred directions of my life. I don't have to be worried, I don't have to be concerned, I don't have to go into depression, I don't have to have anxiety. I have God right in front of me. And because he's in front of me, the word says my en the enemies have to scatter because where the spirit of the Lord is, right, let those who hate him flee before him. And this is where the church needs to take our place. There, there is a great onslaught of the enemy right now against believers. There's an onslaught, there's a confusion and an overwhelming, and there's this spirit that is just weighing heavy on the hearts of Christians. And God wants to know, do you hear the spirit? The winds of the Spirit and where you allow the presence of God to come into your life in this season so that you can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. 
I've been saying this for weeks and weeks. We have to have a discernment for what the voice of the Lord is saying in this season. And I'm telling you, it's a good thing. I have an expectancy in my spirit. I see a breakthrough. I see the harvest coming into the kingdom of God. I see a joy hitting the house of the Lord. And there is an, a revival and a movement that the enemy cannot stop it. And he has tried, and he has tried hard because there's an antichrist spirit that's been loosed on this earth. But I'm going to tell you, God's just letting the enemy show himself off so that he, we can recognize him and we can see God make a standard against the enemy. God's going to make a standard against the enemy. The Revelation says that when the devil's exposed, the whole world's going to go, that's who tried to deceive me? We're going to be shocked that the devil is nothing. This Antichrist spirit is just a spirit. It's just a lying devil that is a bully. But it cannot be louder in our ears than the voice of the Holy Spirit and the purity of God in our life. We've got to turn off that Antichrist spirit, that deception spirit. We better turn that radio off and we better get into the living word of God and find out what God's word is saying in this season. This is our anchor of our hope. If you want to survive this season, you better have this right around your neck. And it better be your life preserver because this is the only thing that's going to get us through. As this world gets worse, it's going to be the word of God that is going to get us through as believers. The church is going to shine in this season. The church is going to arise in this season. Amen. The church is the bride of Christ. It is God's glory. And he, you think God's going to let the church get away without being the glory of God? No way. God's going to show off in this season, and he's going to have his way. So what does he say? Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. How many remember that old song? Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. God, do you know it? Y'all too young, you little babies. This is like the old Assemblies of God hymns, you know. We used to have those hymns. Turn to page 320. Read verse 1. I love that. So special. All right, so let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let's go to verse 2. So what do we have to do? Number one, let God become alive in our life. Amen. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away our enemies. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Do you see how the enemy is powerless when the presence of God is present in your life? But let the righteous be glad. The enemy's all around, but when God is on my side, I can be glad. I can rejoice before my God. Let them rejoice exceedingly. What does that mean? I can have joy unspeakable and full in glory no matter what it looks like in my life or in my world. Amen. I have the joy of the Lord. Verse 4, what is our responsibility in this time where we're in drought? Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. God is looking for, the, looking for the praise of his people. Do you know he's a jealous God? And he said, I'll have no other gods before me. Do you know that when you wake up, the Lord is anticipating that voice from you? He wakes up eagerly wondering, are they going to talk to me? Are they going to give me their cares and their worries? Are they going to share things with me? God is longing for this relationship with you. And we get up and we wipe our eyes and we go on our 24-7 and we really don't give praise to God. We need to put worship music on in our house and just praise God. See, the battle's already won. The battle's already won. We need to worship God. He says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You can give that to me. You guys hear me coughing over there? All right. Everybody say hi to each other. 
<laughs> what we need to do is worship God, sing to God, sing praises to his name. When things get overwhelming to you, just sing a song to the Lord. You might have an old school song come out. It doesn't matter. Sing to the Lord. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Do you know that word, that a name, Yah, is the name of, the short name of God, but it's hallelujah. And that Yah means power and strength. See, when you worship God and he's arising in your life, he gives you power and strength. It's supernatural. You can overcome everything in your life when Yahweh is a part of your life. Amen. Power and strength and rejoice before him. Verse 5, the Holy Spirit is a father to the fatherless. Maybe you didn't have the nurture of the father. It's a fatherless generation. That word father there means to, um, uh, uh, means the producer of, it's a producer of certain things. God wants to produce things in your life as the father. He's your father God. He wants to produce your miracles, your dreams, your desires, everything that you're longing for. He wants to show his power in this season. But we have to be positioned and we have to be expecting, amen? Because he is just like, I just see God so ready on the throne to just pour out. And he's just wondering, are we ready to receive what he has for us, amen? And I believe that we are and that we're getting there. So he's a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God is always moving on our behalf this is so cool. God set the solitary into families. I think the most dangerous thing we, we have done this year is put people all by themselves. People are all alone. And thank God that this, our Arizona, we're able to function and we can move and our children can find each other. But there are states that that is not happening. And people are lonely and they're in solitude. When every, this is such a scheme of the enemy because if the enemy can separate believers and put them in solitude, he can have control. Because if someone wants control, they separate so they can have their own agenda. This is demonic. We need each other, amen. We need the body of Christ. We need the community. We need to see one another, encourage one another, build one another up. And that's why coming into 2021, I am laboring hard for the body of Christ to come back together once again. Those that can, and I know there's elderly and those that can't, and, and, I, and I respect that. But I'm talking about the believers who can make their way back to the body of Christ. Amen. It's time to say games are over. Right? It's time to recognize the enemy, that the enemy's trying to divide the church. Let the church arise in this season. The Bible says come together even more so as you see the day approaching. Why? Because there's safety when we're together. There's safety under the presence of God. There's safety under the covering of a spiritual authority. Pastor Paul did an incredible midweek series on the importance of the local church, so I'm not even going to touch it, but I encourage you, if you don't have a revelation of why the local church is so necessary, you have to dig into that Bible study because the enemy is working so hard to pull people out of the body of Christ like the house of God is wrong and evil. But this is the bride of Christ. This is what God sent his son for, was for the church. We need the church. 
as a place of healing and restoration. We need both. We need the world and we need the church. And I even preached that coming back in March. But the religious spirit would pull people out and say, you're okay, you're fine. You, can do, you don't need to be bound by the local church. And that's a deceptive religious spirit. And it's an antichrist spirit. And so as believers, we need to know what the word says, because if I don't have the answer about the local church, I better find out what it is so I can go rescue my brothers and sisters and tell them the truth. And the Bible says if you share the truth and they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet, but at least you've given the truth. And I'm going to tell you, pastors who are preaching the truth in this season are going to have a lot of arrows shot at them, not from the world, from religious people. They're going to shoot arrows at the mouth of the righteous because the enemy wants to muffle the preachers that are telling the truth. And we cannot let that spirit prevail. The truth is not me. The truth is what the word says. So we have to be armored with the truth so we don't see our brothers and sisters faint away. Amen. we got to fight for them. So verse 5, he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of the, okay, verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Hallelujah. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. There are people who will not hear the word right now. There are people who will just wander because they will not submit to the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be those people. Amen. doesn't mean they're not going to go to heaven if they know Jesus, but they're going to go through a dry desert experience, which I'll share with you in just a minute. We need to submit to the Holy Spirit and say, God, what do you want in my life? You can have it. I don't, want, I don't want to take anything into this next season. If you're shaking, which he is, he's stripping the old things off. Let's allow him to shed off the old, amen? And it may be comfortable, and we may not like it, but let him do it because God knows what he's doing. God knows the next 10 years of this world, next 20 years, what it looks like. As the church, what is he doing? Let's submit, and let's not have a rebellious heart. Let's say, Lord, what do you want to do in and through me, Amen. Verse 7, oh God, now remember he's talking about the children of Israel again. Oh God, when you went out before your people, see God's always ahead of us, isn't he? God, God is 10 steps ahead of us. He knows what's going on. Um, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook. That is when heaven met earth in this world that just happened in March of 2020. The earth shook. God shook the earth. Why? Because change needed to happen. This world is dry and godless. This world was, is without the actions of the Holy Spirit. And God is not going to allow that in this next season. He's shaking things up. So the earth shook. And then what happened when the earth shook? The heavens dropped rain at the presence of God. We are all the way through this shaking. Listen, what could be shaken has been shaken. Amen. It is time to rejoice because the rain is coming. There is a rain and a downpour of the Holy Spirit that is going to hit the righteous people of God. And this is the time what? To rejoice. Why? Because I know what God is about to do. That dropped rain means this. It means to drip and to ooze. It's a oozing of God. It means it's a tangible spirit that we're not going to be able to miss. That means there may be Sunday mornings, and that happened a few weeks ago. The presence of God was so rich that we just sat at this altar the entire two hours, and it seemed like five minutes for those of you who were here. And the children were worshiping. The children were on their knees. It blew my mind. I'm like, that's when you know it's a true move of God when the kids kneel down and worship. This is what God wants. He wants his sanctuary to be a place where we allow him to flow. 
We can't make it happen. You know, and I'll talk about this in a few weeks, but rain is sovereign. We can't go out and do a rain prayer and make it rain. It's sovereign. It rains when God is ready for it to rain. Amen? But we have to be ready. So it dropped, it oozed. It also means a flowing of water, but it means honey. See, the rain right now is coming where honey is the word. It's the sweetness of God's word. He's saying, time to eat the sweetness of the word. You know, where the word may have been dry, no revelation, boring, like nothing's coming from it. But there's a rain here on earth that God is saying, get in my word and find the honey. Taste and see that I am good. There's revelations coming from God's scriptures if we will open it up. And it needs to be new, like you prophesied. It ha- the old has to go away. Get a new notebook. Get a new pen. Let the Lord begin to speak to you new from the freshness of God's word. Amen. It's the honey. It's myrrh. That, that myrrh is healing to the body. If you take the myrrh oil, it's, heal, it's a natural healer. God's rain is going to begin to heal us. Amen. All right, verse 8. Let's go back. The earth shook. Oh, can you go back to me? The earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain in the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Verse 9. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. When does God come to bring rain? When we're tired. When we're weary. He confirms our inheritance with him. Go ahead and talk to each other again. Are you guys hot? I'm like so hot, I can't stand it. Can somebody turn the air on, please? I see some fanning over there, too, so I know it's not just me. All right, where was I? The plentiful rain, which is my inheritance when we grow weary. We need rain more than ever right now, don't we, for our, we- our weary souls. But what I want you to look at is, the, is Sinai. Now, remember the children of Israel were coming from Egypt, and they were going to the land of promise. And I'll have the girls put that map up there, if you will. And I want to show you something so you can see with your natural eye. Egypt, oh, I have my nice little pointer. They got me a pointer, you guys. I think so anyway. Can you see it? Okay, there we go. Egypt is where the children of Israel were in slavery, right? They were taken, and God says, I'm going to bring you out, and I want you to see something. I'm going to bring you out, and I'm going to take you to the promised land. And here is the borders of the promised land where they were supposed to go. This walk from here to here, I think, was maybe a two- or three-day walk. God did not design the children of Israel to wander in that wilderness. But because they murmured and they complained, they got into pagan idolatry. They were serving the masters of the world instead of the king of kings. They got into their own pleasures of their flesh. If you look at the red line, this is where their journey took them. And they went across the Red Sea, which was the Red Sea miracle, right? When God performed that incredibly, still trying to show himself God. I kind of feel like if I'm facing a Red Sea and it just like opens up and I can see fish and everything, I'm going to follow God. But you know what? We're like the children of Israel. We see God move and yet we still get in our carnal ways. We still lose sight of God because we're looking at the journey and we're not looking to the author and the finisher of our faith. I don't want to go around this area. So when they got over here, this Arabia, they wandered around this desert for 40 years. Now what I want you to see is, look how close they were to the promised land. This mountain right here, Mount Sinai, 
They walked around that mountain for 40 years. That's the scripture verse we read, Sinai. That mountain represents a thorny places. And as believers, we get ourselves caught up in the mountain of our thorny places. And we wander and we wander and we wander instead of walking into the promised land that is right in front of us. But they chose a dirty mountain, hard and laborious, because they could not see God in the middle of their trial. Now go back to that scripture verse. Remember, we talked about Mount Sinai. Go back to the one that has Sinai in it, uh, verse 8. Is that it? Yeah. The earth shook. That looks kind of cool like that. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai, the mountain itself, was moved at the presence of God. If you want to get to the promised land, you got to get Sinai moved out of your life. The thorny places, the discouragement, the weariness, maybe whatever it is, you've got to get it out of your life so that you can walk into where God wants you to walk, which is the promise, the land flowing with milk and honey, which is the fresh rain from heaven. Amen? God is moving in a very special way, church, and God wants us to awaken to the season that we are in. Let, let's not let 2021 be that mountain again. Let's not walk around that bitterness again. Let's not walk around that offense again. Let's not walk around whatever it is in your life, failure or your past or people's opinions. Let's get that mountain out of our life. Let God arise. Let the refreshing of God come and restore us. It's a new day. It's a brand new day. God wiped your slate clean. It is time to expect breakthrough, promises, favor, promotion, and miracle signs and wonders. If I could just open up your hearts and just plant that truth in there, I would do that today. Because I know this so strong in my spirit. There is a suddenly moment of God that is visiting the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be smack in the middle of it. Amen? Right in the middle of what God wants to do. All right, let's look at Isaiah 12, verses 2 through 3. Have a couple minutes and a couple more scriptures, and then I'm going to get you out of here. So Isaiah 12 says this, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, that's the strength, the power and strength from God, the strength is the Lord is my strength and song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy will you draw, from, draw water from the wells of salvation. How do you get a well? From the rain. And as we are worshiping God, you are allowing the wane of God to fill up your well of life. So when you go back into the world and something draws from you, when you get in a certain situation and it draws from you, you can go back to the well of the refreshing of God and refresh yourself. Amen. I don't have to wait to Sunday to get there. I can refresh myself as soon as I'm going through something. I can refresh myself as soon as I get a bad report because I have the rain from heaven that is pouring down in my life consistently. We are walking in the refreshing time of God. That was my first point, by the way. Number one, rain brings refreshment. I forgot to tell you guys that. Rain brings refreshment. We need this refreshment, don't we? We need a, a awakening on the inside of us. Put that definition up there of refreshment this morning. This is so good, but refreshing is that rain from heaven. It brings a refreshing. It gives you new strength. 
We need new strength. <clears throat> Jesus said, you'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. Amen. You'll fly like the wings of eagles. It is time for the church to have a new strength, a new breath. Amen. A new joy. I need some new miracles ahead of me. I don't want to live off the old ones anymore. I don't want to live off the old stories and the old revelation. I need some new days ahead of me. Amen. I need some new strength in this season, God. When the rain comes and Refreshing, it means it stimulates you or it jogs your memory. See, we need to remember the God that we serve. We need to remember the power that lives on the inside of us. We need to remember that authority that we have. And when you let the rain of refreshing comes, it reminds you of who you are in Christ Jesus. It's such a powerful thing, isn't it? All right, okay, let me do one more scripture verse, you guys. Let's see, let's do... I have so much to share with you, running out of time. Let's go with Acts 3.19. Acts 3.19. So we've talked about for the rain to come, we need to let God arise. We talked about we need to have singing, a praise to God. And the third thing we need to do is what? What's the first word? Repent. God is looking for repentance in the house of the Lord. And I don't mean just I'm sorry, God, and go back and do the same thing. God is looking for true repentance in the heart of people. That, that word repentance means I changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I'm not going to live like the world anymore. I'm not going to live like I used to live. That's not acceptable anymore. And that's not religion. That's not the law. That's a righteousness and the fear of God. God wants the reverent fear of his spirit to come back to the house of the Lord. He doesn't want us comfortable anymore. Why? Because refresh, re repentance does what? Repent, therefore, be converted. It means I've changed my ways, that your sins may be blotted out, right? I'm forgiven. What happens after that? So that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There are seasons in the kingdom of God. I've lived through a few of them many years. And there are seasons where God allows the church, for whatever reason, to do what you want to do. That season is changing. That season is changing. There's a repentance of the Holy Spirit coming. And there's a respect and a, a reverence for the anointing of God that, unfortunately, the American church, we have lost. We're all about, we look good, here's the lights, here's the sound, ugh. And the Holy Spirit saying, I don't, I don't want that anymore. My dad prophesied, what, five years ago, sees the church stripped down to a guitar player just singing to Jesus. Why? Because God isn't looking for the bells and whistles. He's looking for repented hearts that are changing. Because if the church doesn't change, how can we change the world? Amen. We need this conviction of the Holy Spirit to repent, therefore. I want to be changed. Why? So that the times of refreshing may come in my life. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to close right there. We'll pick up on it next week and uh, just share a little bit more about this. But let's get excited for this season. Amen. Let's say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Let your rain come down in my life. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank you today for this incredible church. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in this moment at such a time as this, God. And not just faith builders, Lord, as we are a piece of this beautiful move of your spirit but Lord your church all over the world is arising 
God, your church all over the world is awakening. God, we're crying out for a true touch of your spirit in this season. And I thank you, God, that you are raising up leaders all over from the north, south, east, and west to shout your praises, to speak your truth, Father God. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you have your way in and through this church. Let your will be done and not our own, Father God. Have your way in this city, this community. We desperately cry out for the reign of the Spirit, God. I ask, Lord, that you give us a conviction of the, that only you can give, Holy Spirit. You give us a conviction as we live every day to hear your voice, to follow you, to be in your word, and to lift you up, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to make things right with the Lord. Maybe you just some things rose up that you said, I want to give that to Jesus today. Whatever it is, the Lord just wants to wipe that away. We want to give you that opportunity today. God doesn't want you condemned, but he will convict us so that we can get rid of our sin. So I'm going to ask all of us to say this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father God, I submit to the Holy Spirit, to his voice, to his prodding, and to his wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.